You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Wednesday, December 21st. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View couple of uh, of news items to hit for you uh, for you today first the giants on tuesday waived third year linebacker tay crowder no corresponding roster move was was announced uh good possibility that uh crowder's waving could be to clear space for uh, for landon collins there, Collins on the practice squad was elevated last week while Crowder was inactive and played linebacker in uh, in Crowder's spot. Uh, Collins has no more practice squad elevations. So if the Giants want to continue to play Collins, they will have to add him to the 53-man roster. Listen, it's no real surprise at this point that the Giants are moving on from Tay Crowder. The uh, the reality is Crowder in his third season has seen his playing time dwindle throughout the season as the Giants have have remade their inside linebacker position. Go back to uh, to training camp when the Giants somewhat surprisingly moved on from veteran linebacker Blake Martinez, who landed with the Las Vegas Raiders for a period of time and subsequently retired from the NFL. Giants also moved on from Austin Calitro, who was a week one starter at linebacker for the Giants. They brought in Jalen Smith during the season. They have used Micah McFadden, rookie fifth-round pick extensively at inside linebacker. Last week, they used Landon Collins, quite a bit as an inside linebacker. They also used veteran safety Tony Jefferson down uh, close to the line of scrimmage as sort of a box safety hybrid linebacker. So the Giants are continuing to to remake that linebacker position. In all honesty, it's one that I believe they will continue to remake during the offseason in the draft, in free agency as they look for more athleticism more speed at the inside linebacker position, but Crowder's time as a giant is now done. And I know that giants fans have been, uh, have been wanting to replace Crowder for some time. And listen, the giants got more mileage out of this kid than you might have, than you might have really expected when the giants made him the final pick in the 2020 draft. This is a guy who was a starting linebacker for the Giants all of last season, played quite a bit as a rookie as well, was a starter for for a good portion of this season. And uh, the fact that he was a starter and 
had uh you know we use pro football focus grades sometimes as a guide and crowder was generally a guy who didn't grade well when it came to uh to pro football focus scores you could always look at it and say well the fact that he's playing is an indication that the giants need to get better at the inside linebacker position and perhaps that uh that has been true the entire time, but the Giants have now decided to move on from Crowder, who publicly expressed his unhappiness on social media a couple of weeks ago about his declining role. Looks like they'll go with Jalen Smith. They'll go with Micah McFadden. They also have Carter Coughlin and Cam Brown on the roster, guys who play almost exclusively on special teams wouldn't be surprised uh, in the next couple of days to see Collins elevated to the 53-man roster as well. Um, wanted to mention one other thing uh, before we move on to an interview that I was able to do on Tuesday with Giants offensive guard Ben Bredesen. wanted to talk about this week's uh, initial injury report as the Giants practiced on Tuesday to get ready for Saturday's game against the Minnesota Vikings looks like the Giants will continue to be without cornerback Adoree Jackson and safety Xavier McKinney. Jackson, of course, working uh, on coming back after the, the sprained MCL. I think uh, Brian Dable said that uh, Jackson wouldn't practice on Tuesday wasn't sure if Jackson would practice at all this week, said he is getting better, but still wasn't sure that Jackson would would even be able to hit the practice field this week. So didn't, doesn't sound optimistic for uh, for Jackson to return this week against Minnesota, where it would sure would be nice to have the Giants' best corner, considering that the Minnesota Vikings have Justin Jefferson the uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL at this point, the leader in both receptions and yardage receiving. So uh, Jackson, uh, it appears, will continue to be sidelined. Dable also basically ruled out a return by Xavier McKinney this week. He said McKinney would not return to practice this week. And I know that I get a lot of questions from Giants fans about Xavier McKinney and about what the Giants have said are fractured fingers on his left hand and why it's taking so long for him to recover and why can't he simply you know put a club on it and play i get you know people who email me all the time and say you know guys used to do that in the old days and guys have played with worse injuries and and, and this and that listen Xavier McKinney's injury to that left hand, I do not know exactly what it is, but what I can tell you is that it required surgery to put his fingers back together. There were several pins in those fingers. I don't know if it was two fingers or three fingers or four fingers, and I don't know exactly what happened in this accident with McKinney and Cabo and what he said was uh, was in a can-am, but, uh, but this is not just, gee, he broke his finger. Can he just tape it up or, or put, a, put a cover on it and go play? This obviously is a much more significant injury 
than just a couple of small breaks in a couple of McKinney's fingers. This is obviously a significant injury to the young man's left hand. The pins are out of his left hand, yes, but this is not a case where McKinney is saying he can't play or the Giants trainers are saying he, you know, that that they're holding him out. This is a case where the doctors are not clearing Xavier McKinney to return, which basically tells you that there's not enough stability in those fingers, even with a club on it, that there's concern, that there's not enough stability in that hand for him to handle NFL punishment. So I understand that that medical standards and, and the way things are in the NFL today is different than it was 20 or 30 years ago. And I'll be honest with you, look, in, in most cases, that is better. In most cases, it is safer for athletes who can't hide injuries as much, who can't just say, just give me a shot, just put something on my injury and I'm going out there and I'm playing with this broken bone or that broken bone or or whatever it is. So McKinney will continue to be sidelined until doctors feel that there is enough stability in that left hand for him to uh, to play and to take a pounding that's required at the NFL level. All right, I want to uh, I want to talk a little bit about left guard Ben Bredesen. Was able to talk to Bredesen in the Giants locker room on Tuesday. Bredesen, of course, returned to the lineup after missing several weeks with a sprained MCL. We wrote a little bit about this at Big Blue View. The Giants were seven and or six and one with Bredesen as the starting left guard before he was injured. Obviously, over the last six weeks, they went one, four, and one, you know, prior to beating Washington. They went through four left guards with Bredesen out of the lineup. Nick Gates started a couple games. Jack Anderson started a game. Josh Azudu started a couple games. Uh, Shane Lemieux started a game and then left it after after a half with uh, with the the toe injury that that cost him the first half of the season, continuing to be an issue. The Giants and listen, Ben Bredesen is not the Giants' best offensive lineman. He's not an All Pro caliber player, but he is a good young developing player. And the reality of it is the Giants were better when he was in the lineup the first seven games in terms of running the football than they were while he was out. And it may be coincidence. It may not be coincidence. And I kind of kidded Bredesen about this a little bit during our, our chat on Tuesday. But Bredesen was on the field for the Giants' 18-play, 97-yard drive in the first half. He was also on the field at the end of the game when the Giants took the ball with six minutes left on their own 14-yard line after a, a Taylor Heineke fumble on Sunday night when they took the ball, drove it down the field, and got a critical field goal with less than two minutes to go from Graham Gano. They took more than four minutes off the clock. Saquon Barkley had his three longest runs of the night on that drive. The Giants were able to to move the football, kill clock, get key points, 
and, and I think it's interesting that Bredesen was in the game during both of those drives. And and as I said, you can point to the fact that they were six and one and they ran the ball better the first seven games of the season. So it's a good thing for the Giants that Bredesen is back. I don't know if he will start Saturday against Minnesota. I don't know if he and Gates will continue to play, uh, will continue to uh, to split snaps. Brian Dable wasn't divulging the plan on Tuesday as is his norm. He said they'll get to Thursday or Friday after their final practice of the week, and then they'll sit down as a coaching staff and discuss any tweaks to the lineup, anything like that. But it looks to me like Bredesen's return is a good thing for your New York Giants. So let's do this, Giants fans. Let's take a a short break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors, and then we'll come back and we will play that interview for you with Ben Bredesen. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How'd you feel in your uh, in your debut? How'd you feel getting back? It was real good. It was real good to get back out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously got to get a couple snaps in there. Got my legs under me, so it felt good to be back out there with the guys. But, you know, you and, you and Nick kind of rotated, was it like two series at a time, yeah. something like that. But you ended up playing twice as many snaps. Um, first time back out there. I mean, how, how is it? You know, grinding your way through an eighteen play drive. No better way to come back. I mean, <laughs> was that your first series? In that the was game? my first series in the game. Yeah, first series in you know I don't know how many weeks it was, and mm-hmm. of course we just decided to go 97 yards on 18 plays, so it was great. Was that was there a point? Was there a point in that series where you're like, man, I'm I'm just gassed? No, I felt I felt good. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily, there were some well-timed TV timeouts in there, so uh, I love it. It was all right. I love it. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. Um, I'm just curious, though. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Um, chance for you to brag a little bit. You guys were six and one when you went out of the lineup, and and you come back and your first play is an 18-yard drive, and I think you were on the field again at the end. You know, when you guys were running the four-minute offense. I mean. Just what, what what do you feel like you're bringing to the table? He wins, man, wins. Is he the good luck charm? He's, he's, it's him. It's <laughs> I don't know about that. No, we had a we had a 
a really great team performance out there uh, mm -hmm. on Sunday. I was very happy. Um, you know, it was great to be back out there with everybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought the offense played really well. I thought the defense played really well, special teams, everybody. Mm -hmm. So I thought we had a great game plan going in with the coaches. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it, it felt, uh, it felt great. It felt like we had a lot of energy out there mm -hmm. and uh, things were going our way. How? How nice is that, though, as an offense? You get the ball six minutes left, you know, the defense makes a big play, and obviously the game is still on the line at that point. But how nice is that to be able to take that kind of time off the clock? You took more than four mm -hmm. minutes. You, you, know, you drove a good long way for the field goal. Yeah. Um, that's something you guys work on a lot. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's kind of the goal of the, of the offensive line always. Just, you know, when we get those, those situations where we need to have a nice long drive, Eat up clock and move the ball and, and you know finish it with a score. Um, you know that's what that's really where it comes down to. If we can you know run the ball effectively, move the ball effectively on defense, when especially when they know that you know, we're going to run the ball. And uh, you know I felt like we did that on that drive. We took up I don't know what you said four and a half minutes, and we got it down to under the two minute warning, and we got a field goal at the end. And, um, you know. It was, we had that drive, we had that, you know, the 18 play drive, I think it was eight and a half minutes, something like that. The longest drive you've ever been part of? Uh, off the top of my head, yeah, I think. I don't know if I've ever hit 18. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of plays. That's a lot of plays. But, you know, just being able to have that time of possession and, you know, mm -hmm. keep the ball in our hands and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, execute and not make mistakes, that was, that's huge and it's a, it's a great off, it's a great goal for our offense. You expect to probably rotate again this week with Nick or are you not sure what the plan's going to be? Not sure, that's a, that's a Dave's question or something mm -hmm. like that. Whatever happens. Yeah. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. And I want to talk a little bit about Daniel Jones. It is my intent later on this week to do a, a larger feature at Big Blue View on Daniel Jones, on his, pers on his perspective future with the Giants, on what it might take contract-wise for Jones to come back to New York next year if the Giants want that to be the case. Just, uh, it was interesting to uh, to listen to Jones on Tuesday. He talked a lot about having learned a lot you know, since his first couple of years in the league, having learned a lot about what it takes to win games. And he talked about the fact that it's not splashy numbers it's not big passing yardage. It's more about taking care of the football, not turning it over. We know that Jones was guilty of tons of turnovers early in his career. This year, he has four interceptions, which I think is the, is the least among NFL starting quarterbacks. He has the lowest interception percentage, I believe, of any NFL starting quarterback. His fumbles are way down from his career average. Obviously, the Giants don't have a dynamic offense, but one of the ways that they win is by not making those critical mistakes, the kind of mistakes that the Washington Commanders made on Sunday night with the two Taylor Heineke fumbles, and not to mention with the pass that Taylor Heineke threw right to Nick McLeod in the end zone that should have been an interception. Daniel Jones has thrown very few passes this year that you look at and say, 
That ball should have been intercepted. That ball was thrown right to a defender. You know, that ball was really a, a a really bad decision by Daniel Jones. I also thought it was interesting on Tuesday that Brian Dable asked about Daniel Jones, was asked several questions about Jones. And there are times when Dable will be asked a question about a player and he'll sort of just give you a quick answer and shut that down. When he was when he was asked about Jones, he talked for quite a while. He took several questions about Jones. He was willing to answer those questions. He talked a lot about his confidence in Jones. He talked a lot about Jones's development. He talked a lot about the fact that that Jones decision making has been huge for the Giants this year. They haven't scored a ton of points. They're not a dynamic offense, but they but they can't afford mistakes. They can't afford turnovers that cost them points. And and Dable was very, very, very complimentary of Jones when it comes to his decision making. Said that he has done everything that the Giants have asked him to do this season said that he believes Jones can make throws to all three levels of the field, although the Giants haven't asked him to throw the deep shot very often this year. So I just found it interesting that uh, that Dable was was so willing to to speak about Jones when, when as I said, there are times when if you ask him about a, sp- a specific player, he may give you a short sort of cursory answer and then try to move on. But I, I think that the fact that he's willing to to entertain so many questions about Jones and willing to give more expanded answers tells us that that he's not just giving lip service to the idea that he likes the way that Daniel Jones is playing. I think that that the fact that he gives answers in such depth, in such detail is telling us that he's telling us what he truly thinks about the way that Daniel Jones is playing. But what I wanted to do here is give you uh, a chance to listen to Daniel Jones answering a couple of questions on Tuesday about not turning the ball over, about what he's learned, about learning how to win in the NFL. And uh, so we'll do that. And then after after we do that, we'll come on back and we'll wrap up the show. Daniel, you have the fewest turnover uh, interceptions, I believe, of any starting quarterback in the NFL this year. What does that mean to you, considering where you came from in that statistic two, three years ago? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've improved in, in some of those decision-making uh, situations, and uh, protecting the ball is a big part of the game uh, at this position. So, um, you know, I'll try to keep try to keep doing that uh, as well as I can, but. Uh, a lot of credit to uh, our group. I think, uh, you know, guys, you know, when you protect the ball, that's a, that's a group thing and got to be on the same page, a lot of trust in, in the receivers being in the right spots, and they've done a good job doing that. And then uh, good job with the coaches also. So, um, yeah, it means a lot. But you shouldered the blame when it was the other way. You say protecting the ball is a group thing, but when it was wasn't protecting the ball, it all fell on you. So that's just kind of the way the quarterback is. Um, yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, yeah, quarterback's responsible for decision-making, so, uh, yeah, it goes both ways. Do you think you personally have learned how to win games, like, 
maybe your numbers are better if I go back to even your rookie year, but personally learned how to win games and it maybe not always fill up the box score? Um, yeah, I mean, I think each, each game's different, um, but uh, I think I've gotten a better idea of what, of what does win. You know, in the NFL, a lot of times it's not, um, you know, what you would think. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with taking care of the ball and uh, staying in good situations for the offense, executing on critical downs and, and scoring in the red zone. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I've I've improved a lot since since my rookie year. All right, Giants fans, some interesting stuff there, I thought, from Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. I think that uh, that's a good place for us to uh, to wrap up our show for today. Please remember to uh, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Big Blue View on Facebook on Instagram. If you haven't joined the community at BigBlueView.com yet, do that so that you can uh, can comment and and discuss all of the the things that we talk about at Big Blue View with other Giants fans. All right, as always, thank you very, very much for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.